So welcome to Rethink Retirement, a Next Up podcast. I'm Victoria Tomlinson. And I'm Trevor Hatton. We're here to show you how you can use your skills and experience as you move into retirement. Or unretirement, as we like to call it. This is a key time in your life. And whether you're thinking of slowing right down, volunteering or taking up a new challenge, it's a lot to take in. Each episode, we'll meet someone who's already been through this and we hope it will inspire you. And this week, our guest is Jules Gray, who is Chief Executive of Corporate Faculty, a business she started six years ago. Hi, Jules. Hello, Victoria and Trevor. Hello. Gosh, Jules, do you remember that coffee we had all those years ago? Uh, I so want to share your story because you're one of the people who led to us starting Next Up, uh, for which I'm forever grateful. Can you just tell us a bit about that background, your history of work, and then how you came to start corporate faculty? Okay, so um, for about 20 years, I worked in uh, Ashridge Business School uh, on the faculty there and worked my way up and became the head of the senior exec programmes. I had a wonderful, wonderful time. I developed myself along the way, uh, got myself a lot of qualifications in various psychometrics, became an NLP practitioner, developed a lot, obviously, in strategy. Um, so I absolutely loved it. I travelled around the world, um, running senior exec programmes, met some fantastic people. And I had a huge, uh, because of my personality type, I loved helping people to develop. So I just absolutely loved it. And I did that for 20 years. And then with a colleague, we decided to set something up um, for ourselves. And I always was a Yorkshire girl. So I'd always wanted to move back to Yorkshire. So 10 years ago, I moved back, I moved um, up here to Harrogate. And um, for a couple of years, myself and a colleague worked with some clients we had uh, running programmes. And uh, as I say, I regularly used to go down to Cape Town, stay in fabulous hotels, meet fabulous people, run these programmes. It was just an absolute joy. And then my colleague decided he was going in a different direction. And at that point, given my age, I thought, oh, well, that's probably it then, because a lot of my friends were retiring and I felt a slight bit of pressure that I should do the same. Um, so I had a sort of a glum period. I remember speaking to my niece about it, saying, well, that's it. All that wonderful life I had is now over. And what is ahead of me? And I became, as I say, became quite glum about it, although I'm not a, not a pessimistic sort of person. And I thought, well, I'll have to do some things to fill my time. So I learned to play golf, which I can now do. But there's only so many times you can play golf um, in a week. Uh and I just thought, well, what am I going to do? So I've decided, well, maybe I should offer my skills. So I wrote to um, Yorkshire County Council to offer my skills as perhaps the governor of a school, got no reply. And at that point, through another colleague, I met Victoria for a coffee. At which I remember it. Yes. So I, I remember sitting across from Victoria and saying, oh, well, I'm retiring now. And she looked at me and she said, no, you're not. I talked to her about an idea I had where, whereby I had this idea to set up a company called Corporate Faculty 
because of course with all my experience I knew a lot of people from different business schools I, I knew a lot of speakers I knew a lot of contributors but for a for a company uh, when they um, partner with somebody to develop their people they usually go to one business school which means you're locked into the faculty at that particular business school Plus, as we all know, there are faculty and there are faculty. Some faculty are brilliant in a classroom, some less so, shall we say. So I kind of knew who those people were, but not just from one business school. And so my idea was that um, I call myself corporate faculty and then I can pull in faculty from anywhere. I'm not restricted and speakers, etc. And that had been my idea, but I'd done nothing with it. So, of course, I mentioned it to Victoria and that was it. Um, she said, no, 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 you can't retire. You must give that a go. And actually, the costs of doing that were very small. Victoria kindly helped me develop a website, um, which I, I still got. And that somehow it was as if it was fortuitous because a colleague of mine, an ex-colleague of mine from Ashridge, uh, was on a, a non-exec director of a company and he said, oh, I've passed your angels onto the HR director because they're looking for somebody to do a leadership development program. So suddenly my website was there. I suddenly got a lead. I converted it into a client who I'm still running programs for now. And then that led me to other clients. So it actually wasn't that difficult. And I could have given up so easily. And of course, now I'm still doing what I love doing. I'm not sadly going to Cape Town as often. <laughs> Manchester's okay, you know. So, um, so I'm still running the programs. I'm still helping people, and it makes you feel alive. Whereas before, it was kind of was going down a road of golf, yeah, and not much else. So that that's a fantastic story. Jules, thanks for, for sharing. I, I just want to explore a little bit about, you know, you had this idea. It's clearly an idea that worked. You you thought about it, but something was holding you back a little bit, maybe. Could you just talk about that, um, you know, how you felt uh, about starting up this new business? Yes. Um, I think what was holding me back was previously I'd always worked with other people in teams. So there was always somebody else alongside. And now it was just me. And that was the only thing really holding me back because I just had to do it on my own. So once I got over that kind of barrier, and of course, it didn't mean I was working on my own because I've got a whole team of people who are my team of associates who I use. So it's not as if I'm on my own. But that was the biggest barrier, really, thinking I'm going to have to do this by myself. So, Jules, you talked about that feeling of being a bit glum. Mm. And, I mean, I remember you also saying about, um, I can't think of the words you used, but you said something about, well, all my friends are retiring, which you just alluded to. Yes. How did that kind of stop you thinking about, you know, going with what Trevor was just saying, was that a barrier in your mind because everyone else was retiring? I think it's quite interesting as I've reflected on it. Um, you know, a lot of my, the girls I was at school with, I'm still friendly with, they all had quite high-powered jobs, but they all stopped working and you began to feel a bit of pressure. It was quite subtle, mm. but this, oh, can't you do this because you're working kind of thing. Um, mm. 
And I think it was a little bit of envy, actually, that I could still work and I could carry on. And I've noticed that now that, you know, some of my friends don't really like it because I am carrying mm -hmm. on. So that, that's been quite interesting. And was that a barrier to you then, do you think, in um, terms of starting something new as well? No, it wasn't a barrier. It was more a consideration. And um, it, it kind of then sparked me to think, well, I'm going to carry on even if you're not. Yeah. Um, so in a way, it spurred me on a little bit more because I thought I don't want to do what, because none of them, although they'd retired, were doing anything interesting. They'd not replaced working life with something equally um, engaging for them. I hope they're not listening. I, I couldn't see, it didn't look particularly attractive to me. You know, when one 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 friend said, "Oh, I'll be able to clear out my cutlery drawer," I actually <laughs> thought, "Oh no, oh no, is this my life going forward? Clearing out my cutlery drawer." <laughs> you 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 clearly love what you're doing, um, yes. and 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 that's great to hear. Um, yeah. I wonder if you could just tell us a bit about the 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 kind of ups and downs that you went through. You obviously, you know, got some encouragement. You you but. Uh, you know, that's that was the spark to get started. What, tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, about did you need any support, um, you know, getting going emotionally? I mean, well, actually, no. Once Victoria told me I wasn't allowed to retire, <laughs> it was like lighting the blue touch paper. And actually, right. it wasn't difficult. It really wasn't difficult. Um, it was surprisingly easy. Once I'd decided, I think it was making the decision and being clear rather than wavering between, oh, am I retiring or am I carrying on? Once the decision was made, it was actually quite easy. I didn't find any barriers. It was actually exciting because it gave me a purpose again. Mm -hmm. It gave me something to focus on. So um, I didn't have, you know, it was almost as if it was meant to be because the minute the website was up, I suddenly got some people, I hadn't even tried to market myself. So the website ended up being kind of a, like a calling card just to you know give reassurance to clients that yes I was here this was my experience this was the team um but the leads just came in so it you know because I'm so well connected with so many people and I got a good reputation so if anybody heard of somebody wanting a you know an executive education program oh contact Jules and I'm pretty good at selling um so it, it wasn't it was just inspiring all the way there were no down moments when I think why am I doing this it was wow thank goodness I made this decision and how foolish if I kind of closed off that avenue to myself it sounds like you uh you stopped being glum from doing oh, that yeah yeah yep. and became excited so where are you at now so you've been doing this business so, so I'm so proud of you Jules um <clears throat> you know it, it's brilliant what you've done yeah what about the future then? So how do you see that now? I mean, that dreaded R word, are we looking at that still? Or No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the way I can keep going now is to have a facelift. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, um, I'm just going to carry on. The client, uh, my big client, um, they post-COVID, they're saying, let's get going again. Other clients are saying, let's get going again. Um, so I'm just going to carry on and I'm just going to ignore my age because it's just a number. I've got lots of energy. I'm pretty fit. So I'm going to stop thinking the number 
and just think about how much energy I've still got and how much I'm really engaging with people and loving what I'm doing. So um, I think the thing is to challenge your own assumptions about when should you retire because there isn't, uh, you know, there isn't a magic, oh, you should retire at this age. And I'm really glad I, I did challenge my assumptions and didn't retire. That's that's great. Uh, just you, you clearly don't have any regrets uh, about no. what you did, um, no. which is wonderful. Yeah. But looking back, Jules, if if you could have done things differently, or if you've got any sort of reflections for other people that are approaching retirement, uh, you know, about mistakes that you've felt you might have made and and what you would do differently. Well, I think the only thing I'd do differently was start sooner rather than drift towards retirement. I think I should have thought about it five, ten years previously to get into uh, gear with it, get into some action rather than I I was just drifting to retirement and I actually hadn't really thought about it properly. Um, So I think to, to earlier on begin to think, right, um, how? What am I going to do for the rest of my life? So it's not just about work as well. Obviously, there are other things I do. I've got a house in Italy. I'm learning Italian. I'm still keen to develop myself. Um, so I think having a broader picture where you can still work and do the other things that you've got interests in. It doesn't mean, you know, the fact I've still got a business doesn't mean it's closed down the avenues of doing the other things I want to do. It's a really nice blend now because I'm not employed by someone. And I'm, you know, chief exec in my own business. I can decide how many days a year I want to work, which clients I want to work with. Um, my team are just thrilled to have the work, so they're more than happy to step up and run programs. So actually, um, I think I would have just planned it sooner uh, and mapped it out sooner than uh, than waiting for that famous coffee with Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Jill, actually, that's quite. Interesting because I think people think once you, if you start a business and it's sort of quite, you know, it, it is a very successful business, it mm. sounds very full time to many people, mm. and that's not what they want in retirement. And mm. retirement, um, but actually, I've seen you, and you've got a really good balance of sort of taking time out for yourself in the way that I don't think you would have done uh, when you were working full time. Mm. Uh, You've done things like walking the Pennine Way and yeah, the coast to coast walk. Yeah. Well, I hear you, you slightly yeah. dumped out of that on a on a rainy day, but you did yeah. most of it, didn't you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you you seem to have a really good. You mentioned golf, so you're doing lots of things here that that sound like it's a really good work life balance. Yeah, it's the best time of my life mm-hmm. in terms of the balance between work and other activities you can't do it when you're employed full-time if you wait for the you know the going off the cliff edge when suddenly you're not employed full-time and then suddenly there's a you know all these days what are you going to do with them um this is a really fantastic balance because i can do work and all the other things i want to do um it's you know because i'm in charge of it now so i think it's having the courage to think yes i can do this i know you know, for anybody who's got, you know, expertise in any field, then that's valuable. So think about how you can continue to do that as well as other things that you want to have in your life. And 
How is your golf, by the way, Jules? Uh, not great because I don't, I'm not obsessive about it. I think with golf, you've got to be a bit of an obsessive. I just like to play it for social, you know, enjoyment and have a bit of fun. I'm never going to be serious about it. I think, you know, I'd have to devote days a week to become very good at golf. But I enjoy it. And it's only one thing I do. So, um, as I say... Trevor, I Trevor's a golfer here. So how do you um, do that? Yes. <laughs> Well, what is your handicap then? Oh, uh, let's not go into that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like you. I, I cannot play golf every single day of the year. No. It's supposed no. to be a treat, not exactly. a not yeah. a requirement. Yes, exactly. Because there's other things to do as well. Yeah. As I say, I'm doing the Dalesway walk in June. I go over to Italy quite often. Um, so there's plenty to do. So I'm still feeling completely – I'm almost feeling um, – far more fulfilled than I was in my 30s and 40s. I seem to have got oh, to, you know, you feel wow. as if you're building up to a crescendo where it all comes together and you begin to think, right, this is why I work so hard. This is now where I actually feel I'm reaping the benefits of all that experience. And it's not hard work because it's something I know and I love doing it. Um, so it's just, you know, it's joyful to meet these people and help them. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Jules. Um, it's lovely catching up with you again. Uh, thank you for sort of sharing this, because I don't think you're that unusual in sort of that stage of life when you're not sure what you're, quote, meant to be doing. Mm. I think I think that's the challenge we have and to rethink things there. So really appreciate that. It's, it's put a smile on my face. I'm sure it has on everyone else's face. Um, and good luck with the next. And we want, to, we want to stay in touch with you and hear how it goes, Jules. Will do. I'll be still doing this in five, ten years from now. Excellent. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. Really lovely to meet you, Jules. And you. Lovely to talk to you. And good luck, everybody. Don't give up. Carry on. That was wonderful. That was a really thought-provoking story. And, um, the, you know, she seems incredibly happy. She is, yeah. And she's got a fantastic balance in mm. that she is clearly motivated to work and, and, and she's created this business working with other people. But at the same time, you know, she's very active. She's got, you know, interesting pastimes. And, um, you know, it's just wonderful. <laughs> I was really, I really enjoyed meeting her. I agree. I mean, she's a very kind of energising person. I love it. But you know what struck me was that bit that she said about the benefits of experience at this stage. And I was thinking, yes. And I thought that quite a lot when I started up next up, that it feels like somebody mentioned to me um, about Steve Jobs once said that when he started at working at Apple, he felt like all sorts of really disparate bits of his career came together. And I felt that with next up, that I've got um, – I'm using things like so I've been running workshops for years, um, training sort of professionals. So I'm building on that experience and knowing how cynical so many of senior people are and how to get them on board. And then things are like personal branding, using LinkedIn and above all your networks. I have got such a wide network that is incredibly valuable now at this stage. And I think that's what people do at this stage of life in unretirement. It's a time really to think back to everything we've got in our backpack of experience, if you like. And then how do you bring that all together? And as Jules said, she really didn't need and she really didn't need much help 
once she just being, we sort of flicked the button in her mind, why aren't I doing this? She was just off. She yeah. knew how to, she knew people to help her set up the business itself. And she, as she said, I know how to sell. She's very good at it. She's really engaging um, and she's interested in people. So all of that came together. She didn't really have to do very much. It just, as she said, almost happened. Now, it won't be that easy for everybody, but I do think that you've got, you've got the kit now to do all sorts. Yeah, she. It was interesting. She said a couple of times that the only thing that was holding her back was her sort of false perception of what she. Mm. What she did. Mm. And the other thing she said, which made me laugh, was, you know, it just lit the blue touch paper. You know, I know. It was, it was amazing. Well, and I think that's partly what we're doing with those workshops. Uh, I like the fact the last one we just did. People said at the end of it, you know, people had mixed feelings about this stage before, and it, so many just don't have a plan. They haven't even thought about it. And when we, you and I, Trevor, when we did that wrap at the end, there were quite a few people saying, I've almost got too many options now. Yeah. We'd, yeah. we'd just sort of given them so many, met so many people. And, but that for me is a good thing because then you can filter down. It's when you're starting with, what on earth am I going to do? I don't know what this stage looks like. And actually what Jules said was interesting about, what did she say about her friends? And I think, what we've got going on at the moment is you tend, and I've got no research to do backing this up, evidence, but I think maybe one in 10 people wants to carry on doing things and maybe the rest of them at this stage want to still retire. And partly because they're exhausted, but also because they, they don't know what else to do. And that's, that's sort of the norm as Jules was talking about. And I think you can be out of sync with your friends and your networks in there if you don't she was giving it really clearly there and that's quite a challenge because you don't quite know who you are anymore and where you fit even with your circle of friends I think yeah I think this is quite challenging and that's why in a way trying to create sort of networks of people who do want to do something different it's not to criticize anybody who wants to do something and not do anything but it's kind of recognizing that you may need some new networks still to be friends with those people but actually you might need some new networks to do the new things that you want to do. Yeah, and we talked about this before. It's, um, you know, it's never too early, I think she said. No. Um, never too early to start thinking. But equally, it's sort of never too late. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, as I've spoken to, you know, some of my friends and, and talked about what I'm doing with you, you know, one common reaction is, oh, you're really putting me to shame. <laughs> really? interesting but but somehow gosh you know I should be doing more you know and these are people who might have been retired for a year or two and and they're ready you know they maybe they did need some time maybe they did need to decompress but you know finding a vehicle for that energy is is what this is all about it is well if anybody listening then um wants more ideas i mean do listen to the rest of our podcast but also go to our website next up.com and as we say don't forget that hyphen um we've got lots of other stories of people i guess you like jules but nobody's really like jules but but other stories of what people do at this stage both on our podcast and we've got lots of tips and insights about how you go about this stage so do have a look because we're just trying to help people get through this stage with sharing their ideas and stories and tips so if you've been as inspired as I have been and Victoria has been with our amazing guests, 
please do subscribe to our podcast and join us for a regular catch-up. Go to next-up.com and join us next time.